Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast that follows three creators as we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Maddie Van Houten, and with me are Rosemary Orchard and Izzy Miller. How are y'all? Hello. Hey. To start us off today, uh, we've got a bit of housekeeping. We have Instagram and Twitter accounts, so y'all can give us feedback or follow up, and so you can catch up with us between episodes. On both of those platforms, we are Above the Mess Pod, so be sure to give us a follow and uh, catch up with us there. Full disclosure, I run the Instagram because I'm the one who uses Instagram the most. Uh, I believe Izzy doesn't even have one. (laughs) Nope. And Rose, you prefer Twitter. So I am the one running the Instagram, but I have been struggling to find my feet with how to actually run a professional Instagram account. So we've got like three posts. Not a lot going on, but I'm learning how to deal with it and we're going to have fun. Um, I do check our messages often. So even if it looks like I've been absent, I'm still there. I'm always on Instagram. Yes. Um, so that was our housekeeping. And we do have one item of follow-up we wanted to touch on. Um, one of our friends, Ryan, sent us an email to follow up on the um, discussion of mastery we had a couple episodes ago and how in Japanese culture, it's all about perseverance. And Ryan is a classical and orchestral musician. And he said, it's pretty much expected for you to be working on the same music and constantly getting better at your instrument, partly because of how getting a job is set up they do auditions and they draw from the same like pool of solo pieces every time. So you have to like master those ones. And then there's also a culture of where you're never really done getting better as a musician, if that makes sense. And I think that does make sense. And I know Rose, you had a couple thoughts on this. Yeah. So I used to learn piano, something I learned at school. We have grade levels over here. So I was going up through the grade levels and it was something that I learned from my piano teacher as well when I was learning music in that, you know, even if you think you've completely nailed the piece and it's technically perfect, there is no such thing as done. Um, You still have to keep practicing it. And some of this, I think, falls into the use it or lose it um, category of things, just because, you know, there are some things that if our brains don't do them time and time again, we will forget how we're supposed to do them. It's like going back to trying to ride a bicycle after you haven't ridden one in several years. Like, you know you know how to do this, but it takes you a little while to stop wobbling all over the place and remember which way around the brakes are so you don't go headfirst over the handlebars, Um, which I think is similar to this. Um, And also, you know, I think this kind of leads me to the idea of there are some people who are rock stars in their field who can get away with not doing like the solo pieces and the excerpts that everybody else does. But most people aren't a rock star, right? Everybody is just trying to do their absolute best. And even if you are a rock star, it pays dividends to be really good at the same things that everybody else is. Because if, you know, somebody asks you to do an arpeggio and you don't know what an arpeggio is, then you're probably going to look a little silly. So I think that sort of applies to a lot of cultures um, and areas in our lives, even if we're not necessarily familiar with them. Bicycle fun fact, it turns out that which brake goes to which wheel differs depending on country. Yeah. yeah. And here in the US, motorcycles and bicycles are set up the opposite. Mm. And so I have all of my bicycles set up opposite from how everyone else in the States does, just to make it special. Excellent. So your bicycles are UK, like the same as the UK bikes. And my first like real bicycle that I had was French. So I actually learned with the brakes the other way around. And now whenever I go to get on a bike, I can't remember which way around is the right way. And so I always have to like check. And so I'm standing there like over the bike, like trying to figure out which brake is which. So I don't go ahead first over the handlebars. Yep. I'm just going to make a note to never use y'all's bikes, like even to borrow them, because I think I would go head first. 
over the handlebars, just like I mean, the (laughs) the trick is, like, don't use the brakes. Like, you're fine until you have to use the brakes. And if you need to, like, slow down or something, just, like, jump off. It'll be fine. Ah, the ice skating method. Flash forward to 2023, Maddie rides Rose's bike and runs into traffic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's no traffic. (laughs) There's no traffic? I want to live there. It depends on the time of day, of course. (laughs) And with that, why don't we move on to our quick check-ins? I know that uh, y'all have check-ins that kind of align with our topic for today. So I'm just going to go first and let me get out of the way so you guys can start talking about those. Um, So for my part, I'm still loving playing D&D with friends. It's great. Um, Our beloved Dungeon Master has just spun up a uh, new game in which there are a bunch of characters who are going to go on various adventures in various groups, and it's going to be voice chat this time, so I get to experience D&D not in a play-by-post fashion. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited. And um, on the productivity side, I started reading the bullet journal method by writer Carol again. Um, bullet journaling was very useful for me through college and all the way up to like late 2020. But when I started losing things despite the index and I, because I couldn't sort the pages myself, I gave it up for another go at digital tools. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but around that same moment, I'd also been struggling with a surge in my depression because my grandfather and cat passed away at the same time, like within a week of each other. It was very upsetting. Um, so I let everything slip around that time. Um, so now that I am trying to build new foundations, I'm getting back into bullet journaling and I'm doing it with a disc bound journal this time. And it's going to let me move pages around and I'm really excited. Um, but it is slow going because we're racing towards the deadline at work and I haven't felt like I had the energy to think deep thoughts. Like I barely have the energy to go take a shower some nights. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's going on. Hopefully things will slow down and I can get some time to really think about what I need. I can definitely empathize with having trouble distinguishing between a system not working and depression interfering with a system that is working. Yeah, I think that was what was happening and I just didn't realize it. And, you know, things spiraled from there, but I'm getting back there now. And yeah, it's it's always a process. It's hard to know what you're experiencing until you can look back on it. You know, hindsight's 2020. I think you you have hit upon something that people do struggle with though with with paper systems, which is the ability to reorganize and reshuffle things easily. And that's something that's so easy to do with the di- digital system because essentially it's a database, so you can just look things up in whatever way. But on paper, you have to do everything manually, um, and it is more trickier. So using like a disk bound or a ring bound system is a really good hack to get around that while still giving you you know, the same experience of, you know, pen and paper, which can be really fun with some pens and paper. And sometimes you just want to be able to scribble things down and not worry about how it's worded because you can chuck it away later when it's no longer relevant. Absolutely. I think I'm going to have a lot of fun with my my discount journal. So, uh, Rose, why don't you give us your update now? Yeah, so I'm continuing with my time tracking of people who don't remember. I burnt the entire system to the ground and beyond. I nuked everything after exporting my stats. Um, And I'm starting building it back up. Um, I did start out with essentially three clients. I had me, as in like just me, myself, and I. I had my professional side of me, which does podcasting and so on. And then I had my work side. I have added a fourth client. Uh, It's called Bare Necessities. 
like the song from the Jungle Book, um, because I realized that I was doing things like tracking uh, sleep um, under me time, and it was giving me a misleading amount of um, me time hours. But at the same time, I kind of like want to be aware of when I'm doing things like that in general. Like, how long does grocery shopping take me? Is actually something that's kind of interesting because I always feel like, oh man, it's gonna take my entire afternoon. Turns out I can be done with everything inside of an hour and a half. So it's like, you know, those things are getting classified under bare necessities. Plus, it means I get to do a little song and dance when I look at it. Um, because who doesn't love that? Um, in other things, I picked up some physical puzzle solving, including a Rubik's Cube. And I got a smart one because, of course, I did. It's me. Um, and I've been working on my nail art as well, where I am just at the moment. I'm doing solid colors with glitter because it's pretty. But why not? Um, and aside from that, I've been working on my 2022 theme, which I have a feeling I should just put a pin in that and pass over to Izzy because we're going to get back to themes in a moment. That we will. If you'll let me ask, what the heck is a smart Rubik's Cube? What is what? <laughs> so it's what connect, even is it that? can connect to my phone via Bluetooth. Um, and basically it means that it knows where all the different colors are in the right positions. So it can tell you like how far solved your Rubik's Cube is. And give you like either complete methods to solve it or hints to solve it and things like that. Because one of the things I was I was struggling with is you know the the tutorials online are kind of just very static, and sometimes my brain is not very good at substituting blue and orange for red and green for whatever reason. I'm not colorblind, but sometimes my brain just doesn't like it, um, and then I end up doing the wrong thing. Um, and so having something that is accurate. And as you rotate, like, aside, it shows you exactly what you're rotating. And very importantly, when you do it wrong, it flashes up in red and tells you how to undo what you just did, which is very, very useful. I am speechless. Does it have <laughs> any haptics, or is it just, like, It does not have screen? haptics, but it's got lights inside, so when you completely solve it, it flashes up and lights up. I've just completely and utterly stunned both of you with the Smart Rubik's Cube and derailed today's episode, I can tell. I just... I can't believe I almost let it go by without commenting on it. Like, it didn't sink in until Maddie pointed it out. I just, like, it was the only thing I could focus on after she said smart Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I'm glad you're working on your nail art and your 2022 theme, but I just needed to know. <laughs> all right. Well, we can put a link to the smart Rubik's Cube in the show notes. Uh, there's okay. a couple of different levels. They also do a two by two one instead of the standard three by three, which is obviously uh, smaller and easier to solve. But I went with the Rubik's Cube. Cool. So, Izzy, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I really want to hear what about your check-in. I just got really distracted by the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have had a weird last two weeks. It's been a lot of prep for the holidays and a lot of stressing about the holidays, especially because COVID is, yet again, still here to stay and still unclear about the impact it will have. But despite feeling super unproductive these last two weeks, when I've done my weekly reviews the last two weeks, I found out I've actually pretty much accomplished everything I'd sort of set out to myself to do those weeks. And it's always surprising to me how the perception of productivity really differs from, like, what we actually do. And something that's so important is having the tools to reconcile the reality with the perception. And that's what journaling does, right? 
So like, I'm really glad in moments like these that I'm journaling because I feel so much better about the last two weeks now that I've gone back and reviewed them and been like, oh, I actually did do all of this stuff I meant to do. Which brings us to themes, because that was a major thing I was doing these last two weeks was getting my themes done. Yeah. And uh, since themes are our topic, I um, am excited to hear about all the thinking you you two have been doing because, well, I've had my theme set for a while. I don't really strictly apply to the theme per year um, that some people do. And I know, you know, new year, new theme is a thing for people, but I'm, I'm sticking with mine. So I am really excited to hear what y'all are thinking about and what you're going to be thinking about into the new year. But I think before we can dive into that, we need to talk about what a theme is because a lot of our listeners probably haven't heard about it. Um, We kind of exist in a theme bubble. We all listen to the same podcast, so we know what themes are, but uh, I think we should just go through it real quick. Um, Essentially, the theme system was something that uh, CGP Grey and Mike Hurley kind of introduced to the world on their podcast, Cortex. Um, And a theme is essentially a, well, I don't want to say it is a resolution or a goal, but better, but that's kind of what it is. It's more of a guiding star is how I would refer to it. So it's, it's like something that helps you encapsulate things that you would otherwise do. Because a lot of people make resolutions like, I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to lose 30 pounds or things like that. And instead of making either of those resolutions, you could pick the year of health. And then the idea is that you try to do things that work towards that. And it is more flexible. So if, for example, a pandemic happens or you break a bone or you you end up suddenly moving state, then you can modify what you're doing to still fit within your theme and, you know, to go towards your guiding star rather than a more rigid, perhaps more easily assessed goal. Um, but it, it allows you to be flexible when, as we all know, the world is not predictable. Um, and that's one of the things about it that really appeals to me. Absolutely. And it's really almost like a helping hand for mindfulness, that it gives you this thing which can recur in your mind against which to compare what you're doing. Does this align with my theme? And it gives you that ability to step back from the thing you do or want to do and look at the wanting to do it itself and check that for alignment with what you're thinking of. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, CGP Grey puts it as a subroutine in the brain, which will make sense to some of our developer friends, um, which is just like... Basically, if you're doing the year of new, if you want to be trying new things, every time you are thinking about, should I take this pottery class or should I just not and sit on the couch and watch The Office for the 18th time, your theme will be in the back of your mind saying, you wanted to do new things. You wanted to try new things. Maybe you should go for the pottery class. You don't need to watch The Office again. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the biggest thing about themes is that it's, it's not a goal in the sense that it doesn't have an end date. There are no metrics to hit. You don't have to say, I'm going to walk a thousand steps every hour or whatever um, to say that you're going to walk more, things like that. Um, because as soon as you don't hit that metric, it's almost like a fail state and you don't want that. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants to feel like they're failing all the time. So um, yeah, so that's a, that's a quick intro to themes. Um, I want to hear about y'all's thought process so far? Well, 
I know for me, some of my thought process comes from, you know, what I've been doing over the last year and my last sort of theme, which uh, has been sort of the year of calibration um, is the name I stole from Stephen Hackett, where essentially it's been looking at lots of systems and theme, uh, things like that to see, you know, where, where are things maybe not working so well? Where could things work better? Things have been, you know, burnt to the ground and set up again more than once this year. And I think that's been a really good thing for me. And part of this led into the time tracking, which has allowed me to look back and reflect at what I've been doing over the last year. Um, and that has helped me find my theme. Um, now, that doesn't mean that everybody needs to time track themselves for a month to figure out what they're going to do. Um, but sometimes looking back can be the good way to see where you should be going looking forwards. Absolutely. I follow a similar kind of process of looking back. I didn't do time tracking myself. It's something I've always bounced off of when I've tried it. But my theme last year was the year of the sale, which really had to do with a sort of mindfulness around being aware of when I had the wherewithal to push forward on the things that I wanted to be pushing forward on, but also to be aware of when I didn't and to make sure that I was taking the time to rest and recover, especially with how close the pandemic has had me, at least, if not most of us, to burnout at honestly pretty much all times. And so, like looking back at the theme and thinking what parts of it were useful, what parts of it weren't useful, and comparing where I am now at the end of 2021 to where I was when I set that theme to figure out where I want to go next. I'm curious, Izzy, as 2021 was the year of the sale, and it ended up with buying a boat, or it didn't end with buying a boat, but buying a boat happened during the year of the sale. Did you consider the year of the spaceship or space station for 2022? I have to know. No. <laughs> no, those were not on my cards. Um, you know, it's funny. The sailboat was completely out of the picture when I was setting the theme. It was completely out of my mind. I had no idea that was going to be a thing I was going to do. But I'm glad that the theme was there to guide me towards once I had the energy and interest in pursuing it to actually going out and doing it. I think that's where themes really show their strengths, isn't it? Because you, it's it's one of those things where you really don't have to have it all mapped out to start with. And then you can set goals and so on along the way as you go. Um, but it allows you to see where life takes you whilst having this this idea in your head of what it is about your life and yourself that you want to be improving. Um, which kind of leads me to my next year's theme, if you two are ready to hear it. Absolutely. Okay, so my theme for 2022 is the year of me, because Ooh. I realized I've been doing a lot of things for other people, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I quite enjoy doing things for other people, but it means that I'm kind of ignoring some of my wants and needs some of the time, and I need to be better about recognizing them and prioritizing them when it's appropriate to do so. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to be, you know, just bailing on everybody and everything all the time. I'm still going to be doing those things because they make me happy. But I want to be looking at all of the things in my life and all of the systems and everything in place and whether or not it prioritizes me as just me, 
not professional me, not working me, not bare necessities me, me me. Like, so doing things like nail art and stuff is something that is silly and makes me happy. And that's great. And I should be doing things like that more often. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up adding bare necessities to my time tracking so that I can see where some of this time goes. And then I can do a little bit of reflection on these things and see whether or not maybe I need some more time for just me. Or maybe there's a little something I can do every day that's just for me. I love that. That's such a good theme. There are times when I hear people's themes and I'm like, that sounds complicated. Have you really thought that through? It sounds like you're just trying to fit a bunch of stuff to a word that you thought was uh, smart. This one sounds amazing. Like it is simple. It is, it's so important. I like, I, I'm almost speechless because I am so excited for you on this journey of Rose, (laughs) figuring out what Rose needs because Mm -hmm. I don't think enough people do that. I think they just go through life not thinking about themselves. I don't know how else to put that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be using this as an excuse to be completely selfish um, and things like that. But equally, there are times when I am very definitely not selfish enough where I put other people's wants and, um, you know, what they say above my own wants and so on. And especially when there is no need in these things, it feels silly to be doing that. So that's that's where this has come from. And if anybody wants to steal my theme and use it for themselves, good news. Um, you, you can do that. I'm going to let you because I get to keep it because it's my theme. But it can be your theme too. <laughs> so Maddie, I think you're the only one who hasn't told us what your theme accomplished over the last year. How did that go for uh, you? Yeah, you're right. I kind of avoided it. <laughs> I had a couple themes over the last year. So I said that I don't really um, subscribe to the new year, new theme type of schedule. And that's because a lot of the time I can figure out what I needed from a theme within a couple months, or sometimes I need uh, two years or a year and a half to figure out what I need. So in 2021, I started with the theme, the chapter of dots. So I got I got the period of time chapter from Muizzy when I needed um, not a year theme, but a a smaller segment. Um, so that one was all about appreciating the little things, um, about connecting dots of like creativity, collecting inspiration, and figuring out how to make new connections between different things. So that was one of my first themes, and it was it was going really well. Um, I was appreciating the little things. I was collecting dots, as I called it, um, by reading more, by um, watching new YouTube videos that I hadn't seen before, you know, trying to experience new new things and um, pull in things that gave me joy. And it, it went really well, but it got to the point where it became part of my everyday. So I didn't think about it anymore. It was just like I had solved the problem. I was like, oh yeah, I actually did do a bunch of stuff today. And oh yeah, I did. I did try new things this year. So I called that one done and um, moved on to my current theme, which has been going for, I want to say a couple months now. My current theme is the season of foundation. And um, I'm not moving on from it because I just started it and I still need it. Um, so 
When I say the season of foundation, I'm talking about how foundations in architecture are the thing that holds everything else up. The building is built on top of a foundation. If that foundation is not solid, everything crumbles. And I've been feeling that I need to either rebuild or or strengthen my foundations because everything has felt a bit a little bit rocky. Um, and in order to grow and live well, I need those in place. So that's what I'm focusing on now. And it's got a bunch of parts and we can talk about it, you know, in depth or, or, um, dive into some of the things I've been doing, but yeah, I kind of avoided talking about my past themes because I feel a little weird since mine are not year long ones. They are short and sweet. So I think that's the thing, though, isn't it, with these, where you don't have to stick with it for a year if you feel like you're done with it. But equally, if at the end of the year you're not done with it, you can, you can keep it. You know, if if you are getting a benefit from it, then do it however works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I'd really like to highlight, like, when you stopped with the year of dots because you thought it was done, that is perfect. And I think more people should do that kind of thing, that when a tool has given you the value from it, especially a mental tool like that, like that is a great opportunity to think about what new tools you can bring in. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I don't have to think about it anymore. Like I might have one or two days a month or so where I'm like, it feels like I did nothing. But the thing that I learned from the chapter of dots was, okay, sit down and write out what you actually did because you're going to be surprised how many things you did. And it, your brain is just being mean to you and saying that you did nothing, saying you sat on your butt and didn't do anything. <laughs> and um, so learning that tactic and also learning that, I mean, I need to exp- I need to consume other people's ideas in order to create new connections. Those two things were all I needed from the chapter of dots. And I keep them. That They're still with me. I make time to read new books and to uh, watch new films and find content out there that I want to see. Um, And I think it's great. I think there's a lot of overlap, perhaps, between my year of the sale and your season of foundation. A major part of that for me was building the routines into my day to support what I was doing around them. And having that sort of forgiving attitude towards myself that um, allows you to build routines without judging yourself too hard when they slip. And I find that so important in building routines that as soon as you start judging yourself for not doing it, it becomes harder to start doing it again. And that was something that Year of the Sale really helped me keep in mind. Mm -hmm. It's very much like the 1% rule, isn't it? Where if you do something and you try to just become 1% better every single day, by the end of the year, you'll have 365% better. If you do nothing, then you'll be in the same place you were. But if you do something that is bad, then you'll end up going backwards against it. Um, which means that if you, you know, for example, eat junk food every single day in the year of health, then you're probably not going to be doing so great. But if you have one slip up, yeah, that's okay. Like, you know, you can come back the next day and just eat you know, food. And then one day, maybe you consume a bunch of superfoods, which are really great for you. And it turns out you really enjoy them. Well, that's extra bonuses all the way around. Um, so I feel like learning from that is is very useful for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, would you two prefer to hear my new theme first? Or would you like me to talk about how I come up with themes first? 
think how you come up with it first. Yeah, because you have told us you have a pile of rejects, and I need to know what this means. <laughs> yeah, you showed us the pile of rejects briefly. You were, you were teasing us. I did, I did. It wasn't fair of me, but that's okay, because we get to talk about it now. Um, yeah, basically, the way I come up with themes is a very um, impulsive process, where I will have just a pile of note cards with me that I carry around. Every time I come up with an idea that's like theme-esque, good or not, I write it down on a note card and I put it in the pile. And then I sit with that pile and I look through it every so often and whatever sort of stands out to me ends up towards the top of the pile. And then when I'm ready to pick my theme, the few cards at the top of the pile are the ones that I keep coming back to and keep putting at the top of the pile. And as I see them, I sort of find myself giving them more meaning. And eventually... I'm ready to pick a theme. And there's a whole bunch of options that have all had that sort of thought process applied to them. And so um, some interesting rejects this year, perhaps the year of the erasable pen. I did not pick, but was in the pile. (laughs) The year of learning the Greek alphabet, but not by choice was in the pile. I'm pulling a very, very funny face um, here. I'm, I'm, I can't explain the Greek alphabet, but not by choice for everybody, please, especially in my brain. <laughs> well, see, the thing with the way I write the cards is that when I'm writing them, I'm not necessarily thinking about what they mean in terms of the theme. I'm thinking about them just in terms of what's going to stick in my head. And so I wrote that one down because I thought of it and it seemed like something that would be easy for my brain to recall if a meaning that was appropriate for the theme would come up to it. And like, obviously not, but I don't know that or I don't filter for that when I'm doing the brain dump style process of actually creating the pile of cards. Okay, so you go for like theme names or not not names, but like themes that resonate with you or phrases that resonate with you first. And then the meaning comes after. Yeah. So learning the Greek alphabet, but not by choice, resonated with you and you wrote it down. Exactly. But it didn't actually end up as a theme. Okay. I was like doing that backwards. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and there's ideas of meaning that I want to get out of my themes, but I don't really consider that when I'm coming up with candidates for the names. Like there's two parallel processes happening there. There's the, what do I want to get out of this year? And there's what do I want to name it? And those things have to match and mesh. But just having what you want to get out doesn't always give you a great name for that. It's much harder to name things than it is to hold the concept sometimes. Um, Some other highlights is that Year of Less ended up in the pile twice, as did Year of Acceptance. (laughs) Well, the Year of Less is clearly the Year of More. So clearly. And finally, the one that was basically second place that I didn't pick was the year of the now in motion. But the top pick and what my theme for 2022 will be is the year of synthesis. Ooh, I like this name. This is a good name. What what does it encapsulate for you? It's got a couple of layers to it. First of all, year of the sale had a lot of kind of siloed pushes forwards, that I was building my routines and I was working on my hobbies and I was really bringing those things forward and together. And something I would like to do now that I have that foundation of habit and foundation of routine is to start 
to bring these all together and make it more of a unified kind of thing. And so keeping in mind, like, how do my hobbies interact with my routines? How do I, um, like, let those sorts of areas of my life amplify each other? And the other big layer to the theme is that through 2021, I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of learning. But what I haven't been doing with that is then taking that, transforming it, and putting it back into the world. And something I'd love to do, things like this podcast, things like writing more about what I'm learning, and things like developing the ideas that I'm finding other people present into new ideas to share. And so together, there's my year of synthesis. I love that one too. I love all the layers. They all make sense. Um, And they seem to really build on your year of the sale um, super well. And I'm really excited for you too, because that is just, yeah, taking ideas and changing them. That, that is at its root, just like the core of creativity. But so is like, I mean, like the synthesis of your habits and routines coming together, that, that is what I guess, like, how do I put this? This like really propels people forward when they, when they have a routine and and they have all these things that matter to them really meshing and working together that it like, there's nothing holding you back then, you know, it, you're just able to be you and go forward. And I, I'm so excited for you to see that's such a good theme overall. Thanks. Yeah. And like a concrete example, like something I've been trying and talked about on the show before is digital minimalism. And another routine I've been building up has been reading. And so something under your synthesis is going to be looking at, okay, how can I find ways to make reading be part of digital minimalism, right? And to really let those things help each other. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's the key, isn't it? For a lot of us, we have areas of our lives which should interact with each other, but instead they kind of just like fly by um, and maybe sort of like barely touch on each other, even though in reality, it's more like we're pools of water with um, stones being thrown in them and the ripples do run into each other. We're just not necessarily seeing that and aware of that. So setting things up so that they can interact with each other and flow into each other and then you can build upon everything else is really clever. And I really like the idea of this. And I'm going to be very interested to see how this goes for you, Izzy, because I think it's going to do some really wonderful things for you. Me too. Um, So how do y'all pick your themes then? Like I've talked a bit about how I do it, but I'm really curious about how you two come up with yours. Well, for me, I kind of just think about what is missing and do some review and reflection and then it kind of emerges magically like a unicorn out of an Easter bunny egg. And that's the best way I can describe it. There's nothing in particular that I do except try and do some review. Uh, and now I've given Maddie the image of a unicorn coming out of an Easter bunny egg, and she's just not holding it together. I am trying not to laugh, but I can't. It's a unicorn. And an Easter bunny. And an... Okay, you never... Never mind. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Like, it is completely ridiculous because it magically happens. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of processes going on in my head that I'm not necessarily aware of. Um, But that kind of feels like how it is, um, where, you know, I just kind of 
I'm sitting there and then bam, this idea comes to me and it's like, okay, that's it. Because I have a whole bunch of them and they usually stick around for like an hour or two. And then I'm like, eh, no, I don't think so. But this one, it hit me. And like three days later, I was like, yeah, this is a really good theme. I'm sticking with it. Like, this is the one. Um, but I don't do anything specific to keep track of it. The Easter egg unicorn imagery is very centaur world, which you two should watch if you haven't. No, it's a, a much more almost serendipitous way of doing it. Yeah. And I kind of love this because we all have different ways of doing it. So the way I do it is usually by recognizing what's going wrong first. Because that is the part for me that is always most obvious. So it doesn't come out of the blue. I don't think of resonant phrases or things like that. Like I don't usually think about what I want to accomplish. It's usually I'm recognizing some area where I'm falling behind. Like um, what's not working anymore is usually the question that's going through my brain. And so, for example, for the season of Foundation, I was noticing that things were falling through the cracks. Like I was forgetting to do my time tracking at work or I was um, neglecting like just like simple things like unloading the dishwasher or taking out the trash or Jinx needed to go for walks, you know, and I was like hitting 4 p.m. and being like, oh, crap, I forgot to take her Um, and things like that. And it's like, okay, so what's not working is the basics. I'm missing the basics. And um, from there, I ask myself more questions like, how can I fix these things? And um, what kind of processes do I need to put into place and things like that? And I kind of go from it go from like the con to where do I want to be? Like I go from what's not working to how do I want it to work? Um, And how do I want this to feel? And especially for the season of foundation, usually the answer is I want it to feel effortless. I want to feel like I don't have to think about these things. And yeah, so I, I guess I start from what's not working and go to what do I want it to work like? And that usually brings with it a resonant phrase. So foundation came from the fact that, you know, everything was crumbling. I needed to rebuild. Um, so that was, that was how I f- found my theme. And they usually get found, found like that. Um, I did gather a bunch of questions that I could possibly ask myself, but it's usually the what's not working. I like that a lot. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the way that you do themes non-annualized that, when it's a yearly theme, it's, I think, perhaps a little bit longer term for me, which makes the scale of it a little bit different. I definitely think about what's going wrong when I'm doing my chapter planning, when I'm looking at the next 10 to 12 weeks and thinking, okay, what am I really working on in the short term to build up towards for me, it is much the same. I follow sort of the 12-week year-ish, as in, I, you know, I, I set goals every 12 weeks and I set them with my um, with my yearly theme in mind. And one of those questions I do ask myself is, what isn't working or what could be working better? Um, and that is something that I think it's, it's just a really good question for everybody to ask themselves from time to time. You don't have to ask yourself it on a daily basis because that could end up being quite depressing. But from time to time, when you feel like there's friction in your life in places that there shouldn't be friction, that's when you can ask the question of what's not working here and why isn't it working? Yeah. And, and speaking of things that aren't working, because I've experimented 
in my chapters coming up with a mini theme or a chapter theme, but I can't remember what my chapter theme is for this chapter. And so that's probably a sign there's some work to do there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that's actually a good transition because I wanted to talk about, you know, we were talking about big yearly themes and, you know, it makes sense to do it now because, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be the new year and people are going to be thinking about their resolutions and saying like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. It's like, please don't do that to yourself. Um, go to the gym. Just don't plan to. Yeah. (laughs) And also your body and brain need rest days. Yes, they definitely do. Um, something I I did in the past was I had a mini theme underneath my season of foundation. So, um, I didn't talk about that one because it was so small, but I had a theme of clear the decks. And that was just about offloading projects that I couldn't think about anymore. Whether I was two steps from the end and wanted to just finish it and get that project off my brain, or whether I needed to close out a project at least for now. So as an example, um, one of the ones that I closed out was uh, getting my office reorganized. And um, I did that. That was real quick. I did that in like a week. No big deal. Cleared the deck of that one. Um, The one of the ones I had to put away was actually my Christmas sweater. It is, as we record this, December 15th, and my Christmas sweater is no closer to done. So this is going to be a three-year sweater project. But I just couldn't think about it. I couldn't let myself get stressed out about it. So I was like, all right. So the solution for this thing is not to try to finish it in a rush. It is to carefully fold up what I've actually knitted, make sure all the balls are wound and look good and my needles are all in place and put it away in a little box so it's not stressing me out. So like little themes, like Izzy was saying for her chapters or I was doing just as like a sub theme to the bigger thing is something that I think more people need to utilize. Yeah, I I definitely do this. Every 12 weeks, I try and set um, three-ish goals Um, for those 12 weeks and sometimes it ends up just being one goal and then that gets broken down into some like clearer sub goals Um, but it is always beneficial because 12 weeks is an easier period of time to visualize that's why the book the 12 week year is popular Um, not necessarily because it's a great book I didn't really enjoy the book but I do love the the idea of people accomplish way more when they set a 12-week goal than they do if they set the same goal for a year because 12 weeks comes around really, really fast. Um, and especially if you do weekly or bi-weekly check-ins, bi-weekly meaning every other week. But if you want to do twice a week, go ahead. Um, you know, it, it, it allows you to see where you are and it's a way of tracking yourself. And so by breaking your your bigger theme down into smaller goals, it can be very helpful for that. Though, of course, it's not a must. Do y'all have any advice for our listeners other than what we've said about how we pick themes for coming up with themes, for doing themes, for not feeling bad if they, you know, miss a gym day on the year of health or whatever? Do you have any advice for them? My advice would be think about something where you can visualize a way to move the needle every day. Um, so for example, if your, your theme, you're thinking, you know, like, well, I really do need to be hitting the gym more, or I've got a Peloton, I should be using it more frequently and so on. And your theme ends up being the year of health. Just think of something that you can do in less than two minutes every single day that is going to benefit you towards your theme. Um, so for example, in the year of health, which is something, um, I have had as a sort of sub theme at one point, um, 
I decided that a really good thing that I could try and do every day was make sure I drink enough water because I should be doing this anyway. Um, and that is something that I can relatively easily slot into my day every day. And it means that every day I was moving the needle towards something positive there. And ideally, I would do way more than just drink plenty of water every day. But at the very bare minimum, I was doing that. And so thinking for me, at the very least, it can be very helpful of what is a bare minimum, teeny tiny thing that I can do every day that re really does sort of push me forwards on this. For sure. I'd also say, like, be prepared for things to go sideways. Like, oh, yeah. God knows what situations are going to develop, you know, personal or global. And sometimes you'll find a huge shift in your world that your theme handles great. And other times you will find that the theme is not well suited to you anymore. And the advantage of themes really is the flexibility. So mm -hmm. just be willing to accept that flexibility and take advantage of that flexibility. Don't hold yourself to something that isn't working for you anymore. And especially if it's your first time setting a theme, I'd say maybe go for something simpler and also like just be prepared for it not to work and like to yeah. have some learning to do about what makes a theme effective for you. Yeah. Because having gotten the idea for themes from Cortex, no affiliation, it took me a couple of tries before it really sunk in and made sense for me. And everyone I know who does themes does it differently. Absolutely. And I, thinking back, I think my first two themes, I not really failed, but gave up on them after a couple months because they just weren't a habit. They weren't something I had actually integrated into my life. So if you're new to themes or if you've heard about them before, but have never done one yourself, like don't beat yourself up if it doesn't become automatic. Um, it's a tool just like any, you know, notebook in your house. If it doesn't work for you right now, that's okay. Um, but another tiny piece of advice I would give is check in with yourself every week. Like Rose was saying, um, you know, uh, on Cortex, they recommend uh, journaling every day, um, trying to think of some questions to ask yourself about your theme and how things are going. Um, if you're not a journaler, don't force yourself to journal. Like that's not, that's not what I'm saying, but checking in with yourself and having questions to ask yourself about how your theme is going. Like, is this working? Do I need to do anything else? What is overwhelming? What is not doing enough? Things like that can really help you adjust your theme over time. The one thing I would say there is like the name really does come into play. If your name could be somewhat ambiguous, that can be a great thing or it can be a bad thing. So make sure that you, you figure out for now what your theme means, but you are allowed to redefine what your theme means to you whenever you need to. Um, if something's not working, you know, you can redefine it or you can just pick a new word. And the other thing I will say circles back to what Maddie said at the beginning of you found that you're accomplishing things much faster than a, in a year. The first time I set five-year goals, I accomplished every single one of them within a year. And wow. that is because I had massively underestimated myself and we are very good at human as humans at underestimating ourselves and i'm sure dragons can do this as well uh, where you underestimate yourself don't be scared if that happens to you similarly if you set a year goal and you don't accomplish it that does not mean that you're a terrible human being like you will accomplish things at the right pace for you and sometimes it feels like you're doing great sometimes it feels like you're failing um but if you get through it really fast or it takes you much longer and you think 
it would or should, don't stress about it. You can redefine all of these things and all these periods of time to whatever you need to work for you. And the rule of thumb for advice in general applies. Take what works for you. The only universal part of the human experience is there's, that there's basically no part of it that is universal. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent quote. And um, we're not the only place you guys can learn about themes. Um, I wrote down a list of other places you can learn about them. There's Cortex itself. They've got like, what, six or seven episodes on it now. Um, There's Gray's YouTube video. We'll link these all in the show notes um, because one of them might resonate with you in a way that they resonated with us. Um, Rose, I don't know because I haven't gotten through the backlog yet, but did nested folders ever cover it? <laughs> uh, we have talked about themes and 12-week year and similar on nested folders, and I'll get some links to those episodes for the show notes for people who, for anyone who is interested. Perfect. Because, you know, uh, this can be applied across disciplines. I mean, I've got one listed here from Under the Radar, which is a show for developers of apps. They did a, they did an entire episode on themes and goals and um, make do the podcast about, you know, being creative, same thing. Like if, if you're not resonating with themes, it might be us. It might be that you don't resonate with us. Um, so there are plenty out there. If you're interested, we'll put some links in the show notes for you to learn more. Certainly. And if you're more interested in reading, there's themesystem.com, which um, is worth noting that they are selling a product, but still has a lot of really useful ideas on it um, and is written by Mike Hurley, who really developed the idea with CGP Grey on Cortex. No affiliation, just a big fan. Huge fan. And I think with that, we have a show. I'm Izzy Miller. I can be found at stardust.fm. Maddie can be found at flexpotential.com. And Rose can be found at rosemaryorchard.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we'll talk to you all in two weeks. Goodbye. Meow.